Welcome to the Quick Mix Podcast. This is a podcast about cooking and baking competitive shows. I'm Q. And I'm M. On your marks. Get set. Podcast! Hi everybody, this is Q. And I'm M. And we are back to talk about episode two of this season. Quickly, what did you think of this episode? A lot happened. These first two apps have been action-packed. I'm going to go out and say, I think this is one of the... It's going to be one of the all-time great Bake Off episodes. Really? (laughs) Yeah. It's rare for this early in the season Uh for them to kind of hit their stride and for all the, like, the character of all the contestants to come out. But I think it really came out this episode. Okay. And this episode kind of had everything that you would want for in a Big Off episode. It had highs, it had lows, it had misunderstandings, <laughs> <laughs> it had comedy, it had heartbreak, it had all the ingredients. And also, like, whoever invented that showstopper, whoever thought of the idea for that, I think they deserve some kind of an award because it, it kind of resulted in some amazing looking bakes that are kind of really memorable for Big Off. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think this will be one of the all-time greats, and it's rare for this to come so early in the season. I think this just means that the season is going to be pretty great. I think it fell flat on one front. Comedy? The intro. Yeah, let's talk about that intro. Okay. <laughs> I think they just... Okay, so the intro is just Matt and Noel, mm-hmm. and they're like, is it a biscuit or a cookie? Biscuit or a cookie? And then, uh, was it Matt that had the dog? Oh my gosh, I can't even remember now. Well, anyway, I think... uh, That's how unmemorable it was. Yeah, (laughs) so, like, I'm pretty sure Matt turned around and he's holding a dog and Paul says, it's a dog! Right. And then they introduced the show. Right. It seems like they came up with this in, like, five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) They just grabbed a random dog. Although, like... Dogs are really cute, and the more dogs that we saw in the intro episode, I was like, yeah, another dog, bring it on, bring yeah, on the dogs. Yeah, we love dogs, and cats. Yeah, cats too. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because the the intro to the first episode was so great that there was just, you know, there was going to be some letdown. You could kind of feel like in the production schedule, they're like, first episode intro, we're going to work on this for a week. Second episode intro, you guys got five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> We don't have time. Right, right. We spent right. all the money and time on the first episode. Perfect. Which makes sense because, you know, that's the intro to the season. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, not the best intro, but it was very quick. It which, was. Yeah. It was. It, after the intro, straight into the show. It's going to get good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, first, we hear from some of the bakers. Yanush says, I don't think being Star Baker last week means anything next week. Anything can happen, which is true. I think Yanush does his homework and he's been watching Bake Off, so he knows Bake Off really well. Mm-hmm. He knows. I think he knows how to navigate the show. He's got, he's still my favorite now at this point. To win? I just think he has this, he's got like some, there's something about him. I think when he falters, he falters in some kind of crazy flavors, mm-hmm. but like his decoration and his textures are pretty spot on. He, Ooh, just, yeah. he just has that star quality. He does. Yeah. It, yeah. Next, we hear from James. James says, I think I was near the bottom last week, so I'm feeling apprehensive. There's more to prove. Biscuits aren't my thing. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Mason says, Biscuits? I like to eat them, 
not really make them. Shabira hmm. <laughs> <laughs> says, who makes biscuits these days? You usually get them from the supermarket, which is true for me. It's not the eat off. It's the bake off. (laughs) It's not the supermarket sweep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's uh, who we hear from before the signature. Shall we get into the signature? Let's. All right. For the signature bake, the bakers are tasked with making 18 decorative macaroons. They must be filled and they could be an illusion. So kind of like illusion macaroons that look like something else, but are actually macaroons. Mm -hmm. The bakers get two hours. We get some notes from Paul and Prue. They say that they expect the macaroons to be very light, perfectly shaped, and they want the outside smooth and crispy. However, the inside should be deliciously chewy. They want color, they want vibrancy, and they want personality. They want the macaroons to pack a punch, and they want them to look amazing. I was pretty excited when they announced this because my wife, she's made macaroons a couple times before, Mm -hmm. and I'm always interested in seeing what they can do. Right. Because maybe that's inspiration for us to try at home. Oh, okay. What flavors have you had at home? I think we've had salted caramel, which is pretty classic. Oh, that sounds good, yeah. Pistachio. Ooh. Lemon. Mm-hmm. Vanilla. What about raccoon? Not yet. Not raccoon flavor. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, first up, we have Abdul. Abdul is making fudge-tastic maca cones. So they're, they're supposed to look like ice creams, right? We, yeah, we have, a, we have an ice cream off and we're going to have a burger off. We do. We have an ice cream off and a burger off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Abdul says his, his macaroons are going to be pink because when he thinks of ice cream, <laughs> he thinks of pink. And Matt's like, sure, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> his fudge-tastic maca cones, uh, they come with a chocolate coffee and caramel ganache filling. And yeah, they look conception they look pretty cool mm-hmm. when it actually comes to the actual like how they turn out paul and prue they say that they don't really look like ice cream cones they look more like a balloon which i kind of agree <laughs> with <laughs> they were kind of pale in color they were pale in color paul said that too yeah and paul also said he couldn't taste the caramel which is a shame however otherwise from those criticisms pretty delicious so kind of a mixed judging here so when you think of a pink ice cream cone though and then when you eat it do you want to have some sort of connection like i would think strawberry or something right yeah i would or think bubble gum. <laughs> i don't know what he was thinking like was he thinking caramel i don't know there's don't, like some disconnect though right there's a little bit of disconnect but it, the colors don't really indicate what kind of flavors are in there okay and uh, yeah. i guess paul was disappointed he couldn't find the caramel he's like where is it i can't find it well, he didn't say <laughs> that but right that's my impression of paul Okay, excellent. <laughs> you didn't even have to tell us who it was. Right. Oh, yeah. Also, we get like a little clip of uh, Abdul like talking about how he used to eat ice cream for breakfast. And then mm. he like no longer does that. And he's like jogging now. <laughs> Just, <laughs> that's a healthy lifestyle change, I must say. True. So good, on, good on Abdul for that. <laughs> making True. that switch. All right. Up next, we have Compost Carol. Uh-oh. She's making just a mouthful. Again, little burgers here. <laughs> we get a little uh, montage of her. Uh, she says that it reminds her of the nice summery evenings with friends and family. Mm-hmm. So she enjoys uh, homemade burgers with a proper cider. Sounds sounds good. Yeah, we know she loves uh, her tending to her plants and greenhouse, being in her greenhouse, which is something I think will be a theme throughout. 
Greenhouses? Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing. All right. So her little burgers will be topped with sesame seeds. And her little macaron buns will be filled with a chocolate orange buttercream, chocolate lettuce, and fondant tomatoes. Mm. And they look pretty cool, I think. I think it's a good idea because it's shaped. Like if you look at a macaron, it looks like a burger, right? Yeah, it does. So it fits the bill. Yeah. So I think it was a strong choice, which is probably why we have two people doing burger. Burger off. Right. It's just like Japanese week. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, so during judging, though, Bruce says that she would have liked them a tiny bit more domed, especially if they're supposed to look like a burger. Mm-hmm. So they're, they were a little flat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, you know, sometimes burger buns are not that tall. Sometimes <laughs> the burger that you get at the actual restaurant yeah. does not look like the burger that was advertised. Right. I, I personally would prefer a smaller bun because I would like my meat ratio higher. Okay. So I'm okay with that. You could just tear off some of the button and throw it away. You That's know? true. That's yeah. true. Okay. Paul said that it could have been a, a little bit darker with the bun. And then he asked what orange did she use in it? And then she said essence. And then he asked, mm. did you use any zest as well? And then she said no or something like that. But ultimately, he likes the adi- idea of chocolate and orange, but he didn't like the artificial flavor. And yep. he said it was a mistake. Ooh. Was it Carol who last week used chicory when she could have used coffee? Yeah, she. And then in the showstopper, yeah. she did, she <laughs> yeah. kind of does. She like opts this. for another ingredient. Yeah, that is, is not, not the best ingredient. Yeah, I, I think she. Uh, she's she has interesting choices. <laughs> this might be more of a theme than greenhouses. Yeah, <laughs> ingredient choice. Right. <laughs> so kind of a mixed bag there. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, next up, we have Don, who's making toy shop yarns. We learned that Don likes to go to the petting zoo, which mm-hmm. is sounds fun. I would go to the petting zoo with Don. Her toy shop yarns are really cool. They look like yo-yos. Um, they're red. They have like a little spiral yellow on the top. And the coolest thing about them is they have like a sugar paste string on the side that makes it look like a yo-yo string. Mm-hmm. Inside is freeze-dried strawberry powder. Which sounds pretty delicious. And when they come out, they look like the yo-yos. And I was like, this looks pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, that was another strong choice. Yeah. The judges, when they see the yo-yos, they say they look perfect. They have nice feet. And they're very neat. Then you see Paul just like being very quiet. And suddenly, he takes out his hand for the first handshake of the <laughs> season. Yeah, yeah. He says Don's toy shop yarns are perfect. The string is clever. And he's very impressed. So good on Dawn for getting the first handshake of the season. She seemed a little shocked. She was like, shocked. Like, what was ha- what's happening here? <laughs> she was so shocked that she couldn't think in the technical. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Congrats to Dawn. Yeah. Congrats to Dawn. That's a bonus five points in our fantasy bake-off league. What? what? So we'll talk She's more about that. She's on my that. team. We'll talk more about that <laughs> later. Uh, okay. Up next, we have James. James is making raccoons. It's based on a raccoon because he has a wee baking raccoon tattoo. <laughs> he then lifts up his leg and Prue says, oh, my goodness, it's not so wee. And it's actually a standing raccoon with a red and white striped apron. And it's eating a cookie. And it's on the side of his calf. <laughs> I like it, man. That's cool. Mixed with a bunch of other tattoos as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's. I wouldn't call that we. 
So we learned that uh, James often dreams up his best baking ideas while strolling along the seafront. And his intricately made macaroons will be filled with raspberry, whipped cream, and mango curd filling. He says that he thinks he really overestimated his abilities here. Mm. Paul says, like, if he practice, he'll be fine, to which James doesn't say anything. He just starts <laughs> laughing. <laughs> he just starts laughing. Yep. <laughs> so that built some intrigue into. <laughs> but they were cool. They were actually like the face of a raccoon. Yeah. So it wasn't your typical round shape. It was cool. During judging, Paul said that he can see what they are and thinks that they're quite clever. He thinks that the flavors are delicious. It's nice and light. It's not too heavy. The macaron is so thin that it melts, just leaving the beautiful flavors inside. And that he's done better than he, meaning James, thought he would. Well done. Yeah. So he, he exceeded his own expectations. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do so well last week. And I think he was coming in like, I got to do well. Yeah. And good on him. Prue said that the fruit gives it a bit of acidity, which takes away from the extreme sweetness and the balance of flavors is beautiful. The imagination is fantastic and he achieved it really well. Ooh. So high praise yeah. for the raccoons. Good stuff on James. All right, next up we have Nanoush. And Nanoush is making miniature melons. <clears throat> and they really do like look like miniature watermelons. Which, Love these. Uh, I think they, tech, I mean, from a viewer's standpoint, these, these were the most impressive ones to me. Oh, besides the yo-yos, maybe. I like, and he served it on top of a cooler with fake ice. Yeah, he's like, there's something like a cool watermelon on a hot day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so the miniature melons contains a spinach macaron shell. So he's using spinach, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. There's watermelon and lemon curd and also watermelon buttercream, which sounds very refreshing. We learned that Yanush, on his, in his spare time, he likes to go golfing. Which looks fun. But I wasn't sure if it was regular golf or mini golf. Kind of like mini golf to me. Hmm. Hmm. During judging, the judges agreed that the miniature melons looked great. And they had a nice dome shape, which they were looking for. However, after biting into it, they said they were a little bit dry on the outside. But everything else was good. So really good judging. Just one minor criticism for your Anoush. Yeah. This, those were great. Yeah. I would say. If, I thought they were mini watermelons. Yeah. <laughs> you could have fooled me, Yanush. <laughs> <laughs> okay, up next we have Kevin. He's making mint chalk trip. So he's making also ice cream cone macarons. We learned that he and his wife like to take the dog up on a trip to Loch Lomond and visit somewhere like Lust to get an ice cream. Kevin and his wife Rachel might enjoy a cornet. I think that's what they call cones, right? We'll yeah. call them cones. Mm -hmm. But the dog Judy has, has much simpler taste. So Kevin's going to fill his cone-shaped macarons with a dark chocolate peppermint ganache, a nod to his favorite ice cream flavor, mint chocolate chip. Also my favorite ice cream flavor. Mm. And Kevin talking to Matt says, hopefully it does not turn out like toothpaste. <laughs> so I guess that's the area of danger you can run into if you're using mint, right? Yep. Yeah. So during judging, Paul says you can sort of see what it is. It probably needs a slightly stronger color. And just so it looks a little like more cone itself. Prue says that it doesn't taste like toothpaste, but the mint is still a bit strong. Mm -hmm. So I think he kind of hit the mark there. Then Paul fi finally says that the textures are all right. It's just a, a question of the flavors a little bit. So mm -hmm. mixed bag on the ice cream. Yeah. All right, next up we have Mason. Mason is making cute carrots. Because when she thinks of a macaron, she thinks of a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> cute carrots that contain orange blossom and walnut filling, and mascarpone cream on the inside. We learned that Mason likes to bake with her mum, and she loves to use her mum's traditional Libyan flavors. During judging, well, actually, before judging, she kind of has a little bit of trouble. She has to restart her fillings a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And I think she's kind of short on time. I'm like, oh, Mason, why are you always short on time? <laughs> During well, judging, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we'll see at the yeah. end. <laughs> Good point. The judges see that there's an effort for a carrot shape, but uh, they wanted more piping to make it more distinguishable as a carrot. Whenever, whenever someone says like, I see the effort for this, <laughs> usually not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, that's like the participation yeah. trophy of comments. <laughs> you tried yeah. to make a carrot. not quite. You quite didn't get there. After eating it, they said the textures are spot on, however. However, I said however twice. <laughs> Paul says... Double, double however. Yeah, no, double however. Paul says the orange blossom was too strong in the flavors and it kind of overtook everything so not a good judging for Mason. didn't like her decoration the things that she needed more refinement the textures were good however the flavor one thing was too much of a hero flavor it took the rest hmm. which is interesting if if you're eating these carrot biscuits would you want it to taste carroty i do like a carrot cake that would have been cool if she made it like carrot cake flavored. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, orange is fine too, but it, they didn't look like carrots. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. But if you're eating raccoon, you wouldn't want it to taste like raccoon. No. Right. I've never had a raccoon before. Oh, okay. Then maybe we would want it to taste like raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. We, we get, we, wait till we get to Shabira. We'll, okay. We'll, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Up next, we have Maxie. She's making baby daisies. We learned straight away that macarons are not really her thing, <laughs> which is probably not a good thing. Also, we learned that Prue has daisies on her jumper. Hmm. Hmm. The daisies have to do with her her daughters, who were both born in April, and we know the saying, April flowers, right? May showers? Yeah, April flowers. Wait. No, wait, no. Maybe April, we don't know the saying. April, April showers, showers bring, bring May flowers. Yeah, wait, that doesn't work. No, because the rain comes in and it, it gives the water to the flowers. Oh, is that how that works? Yeah. But wouldn't the, wouldn't your daughters want to be born in May for flowers? Because April brings the showers. It's a promise of things to come. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I need a diagram. We'll do that later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, Maxie's little daisies, Tyra and Talia, are both at home with Dad Tyshak. What a cool name that is. Yeah. Who met Maxie when they worked together in a local supermarket. And both of her daughter's flavor, flavors will be featured in Ma- Maxie's macaroons, which are raspberry, ma- <laughs> mascarpone, cream, and salted caramel. Mm. Noel asks how old her daughters are, and we learn that they are four and five. Then says, as difficult as this is, it's still a holiday for her, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Is that true? Okay. It's very true. <laughs> you would know. <laughs> All right. During judging... Paul says, firstly, they look great. They're very neat. They're very delicate. They're nice and smooth. They have a nice shine to them as well. Prue says that they have little feet. It's delicious. Got a little bit of acidity, which is lovely, and she loves it. Really well done. And then back to Paul, handshake number two. Two handshakes this round. Yeah, boy. 
for you. So that's They're both bonus, on my, my fantasy team. Bonus, another bonus five points. So 10 points worth of handshakes <laughs> this week. He says it's delicious, light, summery, and the whole thing is so delicate that saltiness comes through as well. So Maxi, off to a great start, even though macarons aren't really her thing. Mm, yeah, very good on Maxi. I was very happy to see her do well. Me too, me too. Also, did you think it diminished the first handshake when a second handshake came out so quickly after? It sort of does. Remember, was it last season where we had three handshakes? Yeah. At the end, right? And we're like, yeah. come on, Paul. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> like It was like everybody but Jurgen got yeah. a handshake, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Three out of four of that episode. So yeah. it does. I think it does a little bit. But, you know, if you have a well-deserved bake. Then yeah, it seems like they had well-deserved bakes. And who knows? Those five points might help you at the very end of this. <laughs> we might be reflecting back to those five points. <laughs> All right, next we have Rebs, who's making wee Branston's <laughs> macaroons. So Branston was her cat that uh, she says she got when she was eight. And her cat Branston is like her baby. You also get a clip of Rebs playing the whistle. We finally get a, <laughs> a delivery on the tin flute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> her cat macaroons contain chocolate ganache and raspberry coulis. And the, they're colored um, with charcoal. So they look like cats, or they're supposed to look like cats. <laughs> right. They do look like cats. Yeah, they, they look like cats. They look, like ca- they look, so like they cats. look more like cats to me than the raccoons. That's true. The raccoons are too light. Rebs has a little bit of trouble. Um, she runs late, and she's also the last one to get her macarons in the oven. She has to restart her, her, her mix at one point. At the end of the challenge, she's struggling for time, and she asks Yanush for help, which he does because, you know, Yanush is a good guy. I think Carol also steps in and helps. Yeah, they both do. Yeah. What's up with that? I mean, I'm team Rebs, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, it's always nice to help your neighbor out, right? It's a competition. No, oh, okay. there's no actual prize money. The enjoyment that you get from helping another baker will overtake any kind of prize money or any kind of. Well, there's no prize money. I guess it will overtake placing more further i don't know if that's true we'll talk more about that after the technical (laughs) (laughs) during judging the judges say that her design is good but the interior is a mess which it kind of does look like a mess yeah she yeah yeah she she really rushed that end there they say the flavor is good however they keep saying but it was a mess so (laughs) uh revs has trouble she's been having trouble for the first two episodes yeah yeah I think she's still trying to find her footing. I think so, too. It yeah. seems like it. Yeah. yeah. But I think she'll get there. We're going to find out. <laughs> All right. Up next is Sandro. He's making a cheat day treat. <laughs> he says he normally eats healthy, but will sometimes get a triple cheeseburger and also get a full chicken burger as well. <laughs> and also nuggets. <laughs> that is a lot. I mean, he looks like he goes to the gym and he needs all that protein. Yeah. It. Yeah, he probably takes a lot of calories in a day, right? Yeah. So he works a couple hours every day. So he can probably go large on his cheat days. Yep. His burgers will be served with fondant chips. Oh, yeah. It's called cheat day treat, but he's the other burger. Oh, yeah. For the burger off. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to serve his with fondant chips. And his take (laughs) on macaron burgers will be filled with a passion fruit and rum salted caramel and chocolate ganache ketchup. Mm. He says he's confident with his flavors. And he's sure that they'll like it. He's trying to beat the flavor king, Yanush. He says like, oh. he's the flavor competition. They labeled a flavor king this season already. Yeah, Yanush. Yep. 
<laughs> which is interesting because Yanush is good at textures and decorations. Too. Yeah. yeah. So if he's got both of those in his pocket, yeah. Uh oh. Well, uh, actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For you. Team Q. <laughs> Team Q is looking pretty strong here. All right. During judging, Paul says that they look great. He likes the sesame seed on top, and he loves the fact that it looks like a burger and how the burger seems to hang over the edge. Well done. I think he wanted the burger off between him and Abdul in terms of looks. Yeah. 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 Carol, right? Oh, Carol. That's yeah. Right. Abdul is the ice cream, <laughs> ice cream off. Ice cream off. <laughs> Somebody hit the... Big offs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Kevin won the ice cream off. Yeah, between Kevin did. Him and Abdul, right? Yep. Okay. So, Prue then says that the flavor is absolutely fantastic. She says not too much rum, just the right amount. That's very key for Prue. Yeah, just the amount, right amount. He also must have gone through that fine line because Paul did not say it was too boozy. So he f- he must have found that found that magic line where both of them yeah. are good with it we we're kind of talking about that last week that's a fine line <laughs> of alcohol yeah it seems yeah. like he hit the line yeah all right and finally she just says that he's done a, a good job so overall sandra up to good start <laughs> okay i'm gonna try to get through this without laughing too much <laughs> so okay. shabir is making chicken satay <laughs> macarons at one point she's like straight up cooking like chicken in the pan and i was like what's going on here because <laughs> everyone else is making like sweet macarons right and so shabira is super interesting i love everything she does she's like yeah i'm gonna make a savory macaron which is something i've never had before mm-hmm. i definitely want to try so <laughs> her macarons they kind of look like peanuts because they have like a, a tofu satay like Okay, so on the outside they look like peanuts because there's, they're they're like peanut like the satay flavor kind of has like a peanut flavor to it. Yeah, I yeah I didn't understand because I thought it almost didn't have chicken, even though she said it had chicken, but she's putting tofu in. There. But you also you saw her cooking chicken to like extract flavor, and then the tofu satay was on the inside. Yeah, yeah, she was doing it. Yeah, man. And then, <laughs> like, when the judges came by to her station and she was talking about it, they all looked so confused and concerned. <laughs> and she's like, she was, she didn't seem like she cared. She's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. I'm for it. Yeah, I'm for it, too. And during judging, they say that they, they look nice and they have nice feet. And then Paul says, you know, they're initially sweet and then it's spicy, then it's sweet again. And he says he actually thinks the satay flavor is fantastic. And he wished that you could have been left with that flavor instead of getting the sweet at the end. So Shabira's satay macaroons, I think, really paid off here for her. I was confused by that comment just a little bit because, like, if you were to eat a regular meal, uh-huh. you normally eat your your main course, right? And then at the end, you have dessert, which is typically sweet. Yeah, It's not like after you eat your dessert, you go back and have, like, a you know, another steak yeah. because you want to have that. Yeah, you want to be left with the meat. Savory feeling, (laughs) right? You you don't want to leave a meal with the the meat flavor. (laughs) Like after you had your creme brulee, you go back for another. Yeah, like, like, I don't want that creme brulee flavor or like the essence of the creme brulee lasting in me. I want want that steak. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, that was kind of a weird comment, but I think Paul was just kind of making her, he was making a compliment to her, Yeah, but he complimented in a weird way by saying like, 
I wanted that satay flavor all the way through. And maybe that's what he was saying. Okay. Yeah. And I was also thinking like the like the way a macaron is constructed. It's like, you know, the actual like the biscuit part and the filling and the biscuit part again. And maybe he just ate it like in a I don't know. Maybe he bit it and he tasted it a certain way. <laughs> how does he, he how does Shabira like a, control that? <laughs> he ate it like an Oreo. He, he opened it up. He like licked yeah. out the middle, and then he ate the. He could have done that. that if he wanted the saute flavor to last at the end. Yeah, or that for that to be the flavor that he left. Yeah, with. He I don't just know. Put some I like, to the side. That's up to you, Paul. She yeah. ate it. You could eat it however way you want, but <laughs> I guess he just bit, bit into it. And he's like, I right. should have, I should have experienced it without like trying to interfere. I don't know, but Shabira. She's a cool baker, man. She does very interesting things. Yeah. 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 Shall we get into the technical? Let's. Oh, wait. Sorry. There's some comments from the bakers. Let's hold. <laughs> Before we go into technical. <laughs> okay. Uh, Maxie says, I'm so happy. And she kind of cries. which is very sweet. And Dom says, that was insane. She just got a handshake. She still seems shell-shocked. Mason says, I needed 10 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if she had 10 more minutes, she would have done great. Yeah. Reb says, I'm dead set last, which I don't know if that's true, but it kind of seems like it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It, it might just be Reb's being hard on herself. Yeah. She she struggled, though. Yeah. Now let's get into the technical. Okay, let's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Up next is the technical. This week, it's set by the full, full footballing legend, Wayne Pruney. I don't follow football, so I don't know who... Wayne. They mean soccer, right? I think they do mean soccer, yeah. but I still don't know who Wayne. I know they substituted Prue's name in there. <laughs> yeah, that, that maybe not the joke for us. <laughs> okay. But still probably a really good pun. I'm sure it is. All right. Prue tells us that <laughs> she says, this is an absolute classic. Don't get creative. <laughs> Just stick to the recipe and don't dare disappoint. However, later we're going to hear that she a twist on the classic. Yeah. So anyway, it's 12 Garibaldi biscuits, otherwise known as squashed fly biscuits. Mm. Yeah, that sounds appetizing. <laughs> on account <laughs> of the dried fruit looking a little bit like squashed flies. Yeah. So Matt says that now you can now you can use actually squashed flies in your recipe, but he will <laughs> say in advance how sorry they are to see you leave this early in the competition. <laughs> Matt Funny. had some good ones here for me yeah. this week. Earlier, when during macaroon challenge, for some reason, out of nowhere, out of left field, he said in a very American accent, "Put your macarons on the table," for no reason. Yeah. He just <laughs> he just had like a very American accent, and I just like this is so weird and out of left field that I couldn't stop laughing. I'm I'm liking Matt <laughs> even more this season. Than to, like, it's so random, but I couldn't stop laughing. Even beyond just putting something on his head, yeah, yeah. Matt's bringing it this season. He's bringing it, yeah. So the bakers have one hour and 45 minutes to complete this. And we learn a little bit from Prue and Paul. Prue tells us that they sound simple, but they're a bit tricky. They say that every single bake. Right. I, right. I, they, swear, they say that every single bake. <laughs> Paul says, where could they go wrong? And Prue tells us that you need to roll the dough really thin. You want crisp biscuit, but slightly bendy, soft middle, and then a thin line of fruit. But then Paul says there's an addition of chocolate. So this is not typical on a Garibaldi biscuit. So Prue does admit that chocolate is not classically Garibaldi, but she wants to see how skillful skillful they are at feathering. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Which is, oh, man. which she did warn them, don't get creative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's hoping to see Eleven pretty well, you know, like the example they show. And then she says, fat chance. <laughs> <laughs> so Prue is kind of trolling here a little bit. Yeah, I mean, she, she threw a curveball in there. She gave him a little bit of misdirection, I would say. Yeah. Would you? I would say so. Or it seems like it, she did. All right. Well, we're going to find out. Anyway, don't these kind of look like a fruit Newton, like a wide fruit Newton? Yeah, they like do. A, like a double wide flat fruit Newton. Or like biscuits instead of like whatever is on the outside of a fig Newton. That's what they look like to me. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite the Twix, but... No. <laughs> Shall we get to the bottom three? Let's. Okay, so I'm going to talk about Abdul and Shabir together because they're Abdul's 11th and Shabir's 10th. Okay. They they both misinterpret the direction of feathering. So they actually create feathers. For, out of white chocolate. Out of white chocolate for the biscuits. Yeah. And Abdul's, the feather does not look good, right? Um, It just looks like a blotch on top of it. Yeah. And then Shabir's, the feather looks fantastic. It does. It looks so good. <laughs> it it would have been, it would have been so much easier for her to do a feathering pattern than to actually create like yeah. legit white chocolate feathers. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think she should get like knocked down for that. Because my thing is like, what did the direction say? Did the direction say you should make them, and at the end, does it just say add a, add a feather? Because if it says add a feather. Then Shabir technically didn't do anything wrong, right? If it said add feathering, then she did something wrong. But I don't know what the direction said. Shoot, we'd have to go back and look at it. I was it. trying to look at it when I was trying to watch the show. And yeah. I, I couldn't see what it said at the end there. If it, if it just said make the like you know biscuit yeah. and then uh, add feather. If it just said add feather, like technically she did that. I, yeah, And, and it I, looked great. <laughs> I, to be honest, I don't recall exactly what it says. But typically the... Instructions are very generic. Yeah. And so, they're very yeah. not detailed. So if she actually, <laughs> like, if the if it said add feather, like, you know, put the chocolate on the biscuit, add yeah, feather. Yeah. Technically, I don't think she should be marked down for that because she made a fantastic looking feather. And she added it. Yeah. Fourth place. But, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Abdul's, they say that it looks a mess. There's more chocolate on the plate than on the biscuit itself. It needed longer in the oven, and that feather is wrong because <laughs> it's, it's just a blotched feather on yeah. his biscuit. Paul also says the chocolate is wrong, so he's very disappointed with this. Shabira, Paul says, that's actually got a feather on top. Prue says, that's quite original. It's not what we asked for, though. And Paul says, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but the feather looked amazing. Especially if it's not typically something that comes with a Garibaldi biscuit. Yeah. And you throw a feather on there. Yeah. And you say feather. Because they, they said that like yeah. chocolate and feathering isn't normally on Garibaldi biscuits. Right. So if they told her to add a feather, I don't I think they should have made her first place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what they wanted. Uh, th- they did say that the biscuit was a little bit too soft. However, Pooh says they're good feathers. <laughs> yeah. So I think it would have been easier for Shabira to actually do feathering instead of feathers. But she went the extra mile and she created a really nice feather. Right. And at one point, we heard James like later say, like, yeah, Abdul and Shabir were talking about creating feathers, and I didn't say anything. I was like, James, you should have said something. <laughs> That's what I wanted to reference back when we were talking about Rebs getting help. Yeah, because James did not help Shabir and Abdul understand what feathering was. But... For James, it's a competition. I mean, <laughs> I think Shabir is amazing. Just from this like incident itself, I, I'm like, she's one of my favorite bakers this season now. <laughs> yeah. 
I definitely like episode to episode now. I'm really looking forward to see what she's going to come up with. Yeah, man. Uh, ninth place, we have Dawn. There's chocolate all over the place uh, on her plate. Uh, they say that it, her, the biscuit is the wrong shape and it's also overbaked. And I think she's still shell shocked from getting a handshake <laughs> in the signature. Right. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Dawn, ninth place. All right. I'm going to cover the top three, but let's get our way up there. So, number eight was Kevin. Number seven was Mysum. Number six was Yanush. Number five was Maxi. And then number four was Carol. And then in third place, we have Sandro. So there's been some foreshadowing here that's been fairly accurate, at least with the technical. When the when they show the bakers and they know what, what the item is, yeah. they're doing well. Yeah. Right? Because Sandro said he knows what it is. He's been up till 2 a.m. reading about biscuits. <laughs> so Sandro's <laughs> doing his homework here. Yeah, right? man. Okay. In addition to going to the gym for like four hours a day. <laughs> right. right. Maybe he's reading at the gym, <laughs> yeah. like while he's doing crunches or something. <laughs> All right. Prue says that the feathering is good. It's not a feather. No, she didn't say that. She <laughs> said it's a good biscuit. Paul says it's a bit thick with the chocolate. The feathering is nice. It's nice and crisp. And then final judgment. Prue says that the only problem was that there was a little too much chocolate. Hmm. Okay. In second place was James. So Prue says it's very nice feathering. You can actually see the currents coming through and that she quite likes it. However, Paul says it's very soft. And then Prawl, Prawl I just combined their names. You can do that. <laughs> They're one unit. Yeah. Prue said that the softness has to do with not drying out the fruit properly. So I guess it's been soaking in and absorbs into the biscuit itself. She says it's a bit pudding-y, but it's delicious. <laughs> At final judgment, Paul says that the feathering was really good. It just needs a couple more minutes in the oven. Hmm. So pretty good there. And then in first place with a big turnaround is Rebs. Yeah. So in the very beginning, she says that her mom used to call them squash fly biscuits. So she definitely knew what they were. She's had them. However, she's never made them. But I think in some of these technicals, because you have no idea, even yeah. if you just know what it is, that's like a leg up, right? Yep. Okay. So this is the judgment on the first place bake because Prue says that it's nice feathering, but the biscuits were too soft and the chocolate was a bit too thick, but it tastes good. So that's not like super high praise. But she did better she than still, everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul said the actual biscuit looks not too bad. It's nice and thin. The flavors are okay. It's just a little bit soft. But then at the end, Prue says that the feathering is perfect. The bake is good, lovely. So <laughs> I'm not sure. It just seems like... Like I said, she just happened to have the best of everybody. It seems but, like. But overall, I don't think it was a successful bake for everybody yeah. in the technical. Mm -hmm. Would you say that? I would say that. Okay. So at the very end, we hear from some of our bakers. Reb says that she doesn't know how that happened. She just really doesn't know how that <laughs> happened. <laughs> then James says, yes. And then we, we, she talks about what you talked about, how he could hear Shabira and Abdul talking about feathers. And he really wanted to show them what feathering was because then they could have done so well. You should have done How, it, James. However, James was laughing the entire time he was talking. <laughs> and he got second place. So Maybe he, he would have gotten fourth place if he showed them how to do it well. Strong possibility. Yeah. It's a competition. Yeah. Abdul says, oh, man, it looks like a kid made it. However, it's behind <laughs> him. But you've recently watched Junior Bake Off, and you would say... This, Those kids are legit. Yeah, man. and yeah. Abdul's look like a grown man who just couldn't make it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, those Junior Bake Off kids, man, those are some good bakers that make you feel really terrible about your own baking skills. <laughs> yeah, Shabir said that's a disaster, she would say. 
She said, if only James would have told me what a feather... <laughs> no, she didn't say that. <laughs> she said, if only James would have told me what feathering was, I would have clearly gotten second place and pushed James down to third. That's what she said. Now, she said that she needs to make a statement with a showstopper so that she's staying rather than leaving. But uh, she thinks it's all really funny. We'll see how it turns out. I think this tech technical, this episode really changed... Sometimes the technical doesn't seem like it matters, but this one, it really saved both Rebs and James. Like, they yeah. did not do well in the signature. Maybe, like, bottom three in the signature. And then they got top two in the technicals. So I think it really changed the dynamic of what was going to happen at the end. Yeah, this this ending... I have some questions. We'll talk about it. But All right. Yeah. Shall we get into the showstopper? Let's. So for the showstopper big... The bakers are tasked with making a 3D <laughs> biscuit Ooh. mask. It has to stand upright on a stand. The bakers get four hours. Paul and Prue say they're asking for extravagance and showstopper madness. Paul says, are they going to fill that time properly with flavors and decorations? Or, on the, or are they going to play it simple and play it safe? Hmm? <laughs> I was like, did they make these comments after they watched it? Because <laughs> it seems very foreshadowy. I think there's some producing going on. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. So first up, we have Abdul who's making parotastic biscuits, and he says it's based on the chubby parry he had growing up. He has to make ninety biscuits. That's insane. Yeah, pretty but insane. But he's pretty amazing on this one. I think he had to do this to save himself, and it came out looking pretty amazing. I would say, like you, you would have think that like Abdul switched, like he he changed something up and. At the end, he just, you know, he just really did well. And what his mask is one of the best looking masks. Because it's literally a day after though, right? Yeah. So like his original mask only had nine biscuits, but he was like, no, I need to do something. I'm going to make it <laughs> 90. 10. Times 10. Yeah, right? He was like, I need to make 90, it 10 times what it 90 was. 90 biscuits. Yeah. And <laughs> it looked amazing. And um, there's shortbread feathers. There's a gingerbread mask. And there's tahini and sesame biscuit feathers as well. A lot of different elements, and the judges really commended him for it. They were impressed as well. So they said that his biscuit mask looked amazing. Paul said it's like a 3D mosaic. Mosaic? Mosaic. A mosaic. <laughs> <laughs> I did the other two pronunciations. Yeah. They said the there. textures are wonderful, the tahini is unusual and works, and that they are great biscuits. Prue commends him for um, creating something so spectacular. With some very delicate biscuits, such as the, I think the, which one was it? The, the shortbread that was, no. Yeah, the shortbread that was very delicate. They said, exceptional job, well done. So Abdul really saving himself in the showstopper. Yeah, I would he, say. it looked really good. Because, yeah, he did not do well in the first two. Those extra 81 biscuits really, <laughs> <laughs> really made the right. difference. All right, up next, we have Compost Carol. She's making a macaron masquerade. So we learned that she and her daughter are addicted to musicals. One of her favorites was Grease 2. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This wasn't Grease 2. It was actually Phantom of the Opera, yeah. which is probably more fitting for masks, yeah. right? All right. And one of her favorite songs is Masquerade. Her musical inspired mask upon a mask because it's going to be on a gingerbread face. Maxception. Mm. <laughs> Will be topped with a crown of orange zest tools, feathers, and highly decorated with a fondant mask and brooch, and dozens of mini almond almond macaroons that will frame her painted gingerbread face. 
We learned that she puts lard into her gingerbread and no butter. Yeah, I was like, that's gonna come into for play. For one, this doesn't sound that as tasty. Right. Because I don't like the taste of lard compared mm. to the taste of butter. Mm-hmm. And also, the judges have concerns as well as myself, but you, you'll get right. to that. And concerns there should be because <laughs> when Carol puts her mask on her stand and steps away, she kind of like steps away and turns back around, right? Or yeah. at least the camera cuts away. Yeah. Her mask collapsed and it cracked down the side. Yeah, unfortunate. You hate like, to see like it the happen. Middle side. Yeah, and it looked pretty bad. Like, I think it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Okay. But let's talk about how it affects everything later after we round up. the. Okay. Okay. During judging, Paul says it's a shame. He can see the detail that's gone into it. The recipe, the amount of lard that's gone into it, it's not stable enough. It's so soft. If she baked it a little bit longer, it might have helped. Prue said that the piping was beautiful. Paul did say that the orange, twist t- orange zest tools are lovely and that the macarons are delicious as well. He really gets the almond. It's a shame because it's beautiful and he loves the taste. Beautiful. But it clearly is cracked down. Yeah. I also want to add at this point that so it has to stand on its own, but the degree of stands that everyone used was varying. Yeah. Like we'll some of them were later. some of them were like at a 90 degree. Yeah. And some of them were not. Some of them were like a one degree. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. Right. So yeah, tough, tough for Carol there. Yeah, that was pretty tough. Now next up we have Don. Don's making a Baroque punk mask, which he's using uh, steampunk influences. So I was like, Don, you're cool. You got some cool influences going on in this mask. Yeah. Her mask is made out of gingerbread. There's a lemon shortbread, like, cogs around her, the, the top of the mask. And she's also using Vietnamese rice paper to make a crown. Mm-hmm. To which she says, it's for decoration. And Paul's like, you see that uh, Vietnamese rice paper that you said it's for decoration? I'm going to eat that. <laughs> you can't put it on there and not expect them to yeah. eat it, right? I mean. You put it on. Yeah. Paul was, Paul's going to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of funny. Paul's, yeah, Paul, Paul make me laugh again. During <laughs> <laughs> judging, they say the steampunk cogs are wonderful. However, Prue says that the, the mask needed bigger eyes cut out of it. Because <laughs> I guess the eye holes were kind of tiny. Mm-hmm. And Paul's like, I could just make that by eating it. <laughs> they said there's not much lemon, which is a little bit disappointing. But the ginger is very tasty. They say overall, very good job. I think she did a good job, too. Yeah. the look of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty good. I didn't see him eat the rice paper, though. Yeah, I don't recall him eating that either. Maybe he was like, yeah, okay, maybe I don't want to eat this. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, it's typically cooked, right? You, you usually dip it in water, and that's cooked. That's what cooks it. Yeah. It, like, softens it. But it was just raw. Yeah, so it's just probably, like, sharp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next is James. He's making a menacing mask. I mean, we couldn't expect anything less, right? Yeah. Inspired by a creature from one of his favorite horror movies, his Brandy Snap mask. Um, you know, we we kind of just Noel references Pan's Labyrinth. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, that's the Guillermo del Toro movie from maybe 2002. Oh, okay. And uh, there's a creature in there that kind of looks like this. It doesn't look exactly like it because the creature has like, um, it has two hands that it puts over his his head. With, for, with the eyes? Yeah, with okay. the eyes. Okay, I Googled it and I was like, ew, and then I didn't want to look anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Good I, movie. Knew, Good I movie. knew you would know about it, so yeah. I was like, Let's just ask you. He's going to know. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. All right. So it's going to have, let's see, coffee, Italian meringue, buttercream, chocolate eyes, and spiced fortune cookies. And in the fortune cookies, 
he put in like cliches from movies, which was kind of a cool touch. Yeah, I was like, but that probably took a lot of time. It didn't really, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that didn't seem necessary to me. But mm. I think they enjoyed it. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So during judging, Prue said that's a real horror story. It's delicious. Paul said that he's done an amazing job. The detail is incredible. The brandy snap is good. It's really crispy. Overall, he's done a fantastic job to create that. He's put lots of thoughts and different techniques into it. It's quite effective and well done. So I think overall, really good. Yeah. One of the better ones. James doing well. Turning things around at the Technico and the Showstopper. Yeah. This was this was definitely, I think, up his alley. Yep. So next we have Yanush. And Yanush, like, channels his inner Picasso. Oh. And he makes a Cubist mask. This thing was cool. Which looked very cool. There's the... Um, Spice polished biscuits, the strawberry sugar biscuits, and also a matcha powder. The whole look of it is just very Picasso. Matcha powder. You just see like different shapes of eyes. There's a cool nose and the like lips that are like really off center. It really did look like something Picasso made. Totally abstract. During judging, the judges say that it's the most perfect example of cubism. And Paul says the Christmas flavors, they punch you right between the eyes. So I'm assuming that he did really well, but this is kind of all they said because they didn't really spend a lot of time in the judging. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he did amazing. Yeah, it was quick. Yeah, it was super quick. All right, up next is Kevin. He's making a mythical mask, and Kevin wants to redeem himself this round. So he's going to be using macarons, which will form barnacles on the face of his mythical siren mask. Barnacles. He's gonna. <laughs> That's what SpongeBob says. Oh, okay. Barnacles. Nice. What do you do though? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were going to go somewhere with that. Nope. That's nope, that's just, it. He just says that. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> it's going to be completed with gingerbread starfish, brandy snap seaweed, and an isomalt crown. He talks with Noel and he says that uh, he's creating this to lure Paul in with his bakes and then he's going to smash Paul on the rocks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, a the siren, sirens. like a siren would do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, during judging, Prue says it has nice flavors, but the macarons are overbaked. Paul says that's not much of a macaron. The brandy snap is good, however. In regards to the sugar biscuit flavor with the Szechuan pepper, he's never had it, and he really likes it. I love Szechuan pepper. Have you ever had Szechuan pepper sugar biscuits? <laughs> no. But you might. Yeah. You might try it. I would want to have that. Overall, Prue says that she thinks that he pulled it off. The whole thing is a joy. So, yeah, good stuff. Pretty good. Next, we have Mason. Mason is making a Venetian mask, which contains coconut and lemon shortbread and isomalt shards. There's also gingerbread. The base of the mask is made out of gingerbread. The judges, when she's talking about it, they're like, oh, you're kind of keeping it simple. It's just two types of biscuit. I'm like, there's a lot of people just using just two types of biscuit, though. Mm-hmm. I guess her mask just seems smaller in like size and less complex. So Mason finishes really early in the showstopper. Like 30 minutes early. At 30 minutes early. So in the signature, she ran out of time. She says she wished she would have had 10 more minutes. What I think happened here is she went home. She maybe like redid her showstopper just to make sure that she could finish in time. Mm. But I, I think this kind of backfired because she was just like just hanging out there for 30 minutes. And she's like, I don't know what to do. I'm really um, satisfied with my mask. Whenever this happens in the bake-off tent, when someone finishes early and they're not really doing anything... The judges definitely notice, mm-hmm. and they don't want them to do that. If they have an extra 30 minutes, they would want them, like, you know, making extra decorations or adding something or mm-hmm. just doing something. But Mason, she doesn't do that. And unfortunately, I think that's it kind of, when she enters, 
like judging with her big. I think the judges already have an idea that like she should have done more and she could have done more because you're not supposed to have an extra 30 minutes where you're not doing anything in your showstopper. I couldn't quite tell, but on the nose piece of her mask, was that actually protruding or was it more like painted on? I don't it, know. It didn't look very 3D. No, <laughs> it looked we, like, we... so her mask is, it looks like the mask part is just flat, right? It does. Yeah, it looked really flat. And then the isomot shards kind of decorated the top. Maybe like a shortbread cookie or two, but compared to everybody else, it was it looked very simple. And then yeah. her like not having to do anything for thirty minutes. That's a long time. Yeah, not the judges that. are not gonna like that. <laughs> so she went home and she was like, "I have ninety biscuits on here. <laughs> I need to make it nine. <laughs> yeah, she did an inverse Abdul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. During judging, the judges said that the mask is pretty and there's vibrant colors, and it's a nice design. However, it's simple. It's effective, but it's simple. Prue says she would just like some more, mm. some more effort maybe. They say the gibber bread is good and it's baked okay. So I think she got through, like she made an okay bake. She didn't really take risk here. Yeah. But at this part of the show when she didn't do well in the first two challenges, I think she needed to, you know, be more risky. Yeah, it lacked the detail. Like her carrots also lacked the detail. That's true. Right. So, yeah, I just think she made the wrong play here. Yeah. She should have gone extravagant, but I, I I understand what she was thinking. She ran out of time in the showstopper. So why not add in some extra time at the I mean, she ran out of time in the signature. Why not add in extra time in her planning for the showstopper to make sure she doesn't get rushed like that again, but it backfired, I think. So do they have since she had 30 minutes do they have ingredients that they could embellish? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, or I, is I it just know. basically what you bring? I think it's is, what you bring. So she probably didn't really have anything else to add to it, maybe? I, if it was me, I would just like do something. Maybe even like took all that 30 minutes to make an extra cookie or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> an no, extra for, biscuit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But unfortunately, um, yeah, Mason doesn't do well. I mean, she does okay, but. Considering that she didn't do well in the first two challenges, she had to do better than okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Speaking of better than okay, up next we have Maxie. <laughs> and she's doing a masquerade mask. So she's really into carnival and soca music. And so she thought she would make a mask that ties into it. She said she was going to do an African mask, but she chose to do this one because it's nice and colorful. Mm-hmm. So we'll find it's going to be a strong choice. So it'll have multicolored cardamom. Tool feathers, highly embellished coconut and lime biscuit mask with macadamia florentines, which wouldn't look out of place amongst the flamboyant costumes at a Notting Hill carnival. So we learned. Very specific. <laughs> and this thing was amazing. Like, I know we always make fun of 3D, but this thing had things in every dimension. It looked dimension. really 3D. <laughs> <laughs> like, this thing had little, I don't know, what would you call it? Like, it's just the shape of it. It was just like, like had cur- yeah. little curves everywhere based yeah. on how the biscuits were placed. So it just really was beautiful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. During judging, Prue says that it looks totally amazing. It's like a burst of happiness. The lemon lime coconut sugar biscuits are really good and really beautiful. Paul says that, th- that he thinks the design is very good. He loves the amount of detail that she's got, gotten out of it as well. The Florentines are good. Overall, fantastic design, great flavors, and well thought through. Prusa also has very good texture, which is a difficult thing. And then they both said, well done. She did amazing. Yeah, this was... It kind of looked like a bouquet. Because you know how a bouquet has like just elements popping out of every side of it? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what it kind of looked like. And it was the most 
of that type of all the master. Yeah. Like if we were gonna say 3D, we wanted something 3D, this This is this actually is, 3D. This is it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alright. Alright, next up we have Rebs, and Rebs is making a floral fascinator. So <laughs> Rebs is also looks a little bit simple, but um so it has a gingerbread mask. And then there's like whiskey snaps on top of it, but it looks kind of small. It looked kind of small to me. Mm-hmm. And I think the judges kind of knows that too. They did. Yeah. The judges said that her floral fascinator was charming, however, a bit small. And she also could have done more, which is kind of similar to the Mason. She oh. had to do it twice though, right? Yeah. She, she had to start over. She had a little bit of trouble with the actual biscuit and she had to redo it because it cracked at one point. Um, they cracked and then they kind of went to commercial. There's no commercials on Netflix, but I could tell like if this was airing in the UK, I think this is where they put, would have put a commercial because <laughs> <laughs> you could kind of feel like the music. Paul also says the spices were too hot for the gingerbread and the biscuit, it was soft. So um, Rebs didn't do well in the showstopper. She kind of had a similar criticism as Maysham. She could have done more and Paul didn't really like the, the level of the spices for a gingerbread cookie. Or biscuit. So, yeah. And, um, good thing Rebs did really well in the technical. She won first place in the technical. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing. Yeah. It was her dog's fault on why her mask was too small. <laughs> if she had a larger dog, she probably would have had a larger bowl that she used as a template. That's right. So, she, if, to, <laughs> to prop up fault. her mask, she used her dog's um, water bowl. Yeah. I think and she water. said she took a hammer to it. Yeah. She made two indents in it. And I was like, is this the best thing to use to prop up something that someone else is going to eat? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm sure she washed it. Yeah, I'm sure she did, but it's still a dog's old water bowl. Right. Anyway, right. I mean, it's creative. She took a hammer and made it happen. Yeah. But yeah. Interesting. All right. Up next is Sandro. He's making a carnival costume. Carnival. But not really a costume. <laughs> so he's, he says he's trying to make the mask a bit like feminine and masculine, which is a bit like him. <laughs> He's trying to fight the gender stereotypes here. You go, man. Yeah. Do your thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to have a sturdy gingerbread base. His carnival mask will feature shards of strawberry and elderflower sugar biscuits, sculptural ice malt, and dozens of white chocolate roses and ornate gold piping. Sounds good. Yep. During judging, Paul says that it's exceptionally pretty and that you can wear it, can't you? And then he actually holds it up to his face. <laughs> so it definitely withstands the... I like that image of Paul holding it up to his face. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce says it's absolutely delicious that it's a really fresh kick of strawberry. And then Paul finishes up with, with the white chocolate, it works really well. Exceptional job. So his looked really good. Mm-hmm. It was it was a good size, obviously, if you can put it on Paul's yeah. head. <laughs> <laughs> so up next, uh, or last but not least, we have Shabira. Shabira is making a two-faced, one-soul mask, which is, sounds very interesting. There's chocolate sandwich biscuits. And the mask is kind of divided like in half. On the left side, there's uh, kind of like more chocolate-looking flavors. There's lemon and jasmine also in that. Mm. And on the right, it's more light. So like, you know, the contrast between dark and light. There's orange, rose, and pistachio shortbread on the right-hand side. And <laughs> she says, yeah, when she's describing her bake to the judges, everyone has a dark side and a good side. And then Prue's like, is that you, Shabira? She's like, yes. And then... Prue says, would you, would you say that about the judges? And she says, I think you guys are all very lovely people. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> very good answer from Shabira. She's yeah. playing it very PC. Yeah. She outdoes Abdul 
She's gonna make over a hundred biscuits for this. <laughs> over a hundred biscuits. Shavira's always going for it, and I like that. You know? She was actually only gonna make eighty nine biscuits, <laughs> but then she saw Abdul yeah. making ninety. Yeah. So she was like, <laughs> she she borrowed some uh, dough from Mason. <laughs> She's like, During judging, they say the detail and the texture is very clever, and it looks astonishing. They say the chocolate is rich and delicious. The rolls taste good because you know it's always a fine balance with rolls. However, Paul said the only element that he didn't like was the lemon was lacking a little bit. Overall, very lovely. What a design. Excellent. Well done. Shabira doing very well on the showstopper. And that's all the bakes for the showstopper. We hear some some of the bakers. Mason says, I could have done more with the time I had. Mm. Carol says, if I go through, it'll be the skin of my teeth. And Reb says, not a lot of positives to focus on today. Hope my technical saves me. So then we get a judges roundtable. The judges agree. James's mask was amazing. They agreed Maxie was in line for Starbaker. They loved her mask. Shabira was also in contention for Starbaker, but she didn't do well on the technical, which is controversial because I think she did well on the technical. That feather. Add feather. Add feather. So this could have been a game changer because what... What if she actually received help from James on what feathering was? And then she won the technical. She could have got a star maker. Even if she didn't win the technical, but even if, if she, because she was, yeah, yeah, she was in tenth out of eleven. Yeah. So even if she got like fifth, yeah, that w- probably could have bumped her up into a win into star maker territory, right? Yeah, man, James, what you doing? Competition. I like your mask and all, but man, <laughs> you gotta help <laughs> out your fellow makers. Pan's Labyrinth is a good movie. Anyway, they said Carol is in trouble. Obviously. Uh, she made that lard mask. It broke. They said that she used the wrong recipe. Um, and I don't think they were just talking about the showstopper when they said she used the wrong recipe. Maybe the signature too. Let's see. Anyway. Um, yeah. They said that Mason and Re- Rebecca's or Reb's masks were okay. But if you look at everyone else's masks at the tent, they were clearly behind just mm-hmm. by comparison mm-hmm. with the quality of work that was going on in the showstopper. Yeah, I mean, I just got to say one more time. The showstopper bake, the way everything looked in this episode was amazing. It's very memorable. And, like, you don't see, like, stuff like this. So that's what you watch baking show for, to see, like, out there bakes that you wouldn't see normally. So I think, yeah, I hope they bring back this mask challenge again in a different season. <laughs> It'd be cool. Japanese masks. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to uh, the results. Star Baker is Maxi, which is very cool. She had, I mean, she got a handshake. Signature. Yeah. She did okay in the technical, and she did an amazing showstopper. I think this is real, very, very well deserved on Maxi's part. She did by far have the yeah. best showstopper. And unfortunately, they had to send somebody home. And I actually was, I had an idea of who it was, but I wasn't sure of myself. Mm-hmm. And then they announced it then. Mate Sim is going home, and I was like, oh. That's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was either, for me, I think it was either Mason or Carol. Because mm-hmm. Rebs won the technical. So I think that really saved her. Yeah. I mean, Carol's, like, technically, she didn't meet the the requirements because it broke. It yeah. didn't withstand the the stand. <laughs> but I think the judges really didn't like Mason hanging around for 30 minutes. Agree. Agree. That, yeah, that's not good. Mason says, I'm definitely proud. I'm only 18. This is definitely not the end of my baking journey. It's where it starts. So good attitude on Mason. 
Yeah. Rev says, I'm happy that I'm still here. I'm sad for Mason. Carol says, I did I do need to pull my socks up. I have a second chance. So she hopefully she has a redemption mm-hmm. next episode. Maxie, who wants Starbaker, says, I didn't think I'd get on the show, let alone get a handshake and get Starbaker. I'm really happy. And we end on a good note with that. That's the episode. Whew, it's good, a good episode. Good a lot one. going on in this episode. Yeah. One of the all-time greats, I would say. Mm-hmm. Already. Shall we go into our segments? Let's. So first off is favorite bake? Sure. Okay. I think it's usually funniest moment. No, it's the funniest moment. Okay. It's the funniest moment. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's the funniest moment. You can go first. What was your funniest moment? Okay. So my uh, honorable honorable mentions is is Prue trolling the technical, but I got to give it up to Matt this this episode. During, uh, I think it was during the signature, he was calling time and he said, Baker, do you have an amount of time remaining? I don't know why, <laughs> but that made me laugh so hard. Yeah, and then during weird. the technical, he, he said like, if you're not proud of what you've what you've done, you can place your bake behind someone else's photo. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was really good too. So yeah. I'm going with Matt, and he had he had some zingers this one. How yeah. about you? It has to be Shabira making the feathers. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and the fact that they were amazing looking. They feathers, were good. Yeah, I that's good. That's just so funny Strong and so choice. creative. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, the funniest moment was also my second place for favorite bake, which is her feathers. <laughs> That's your favorite bake? No, that's second place. Oh, your second place? Oh, okay. My first place is, uh, is actually something she did as well. Oh, okay. My favorite bake was, uh, I got to try that chicken. <laughs> Those chicken, chicken satay macarons, man. That sounds... Where else can you get that? You can't get that anywhere else. In your kitchen. I can't make that. <laughs> your wife. Your wife can make it for you. Yeah, that's true. But I want to try Shabiro's chicken satay macarons. <laughs> I just want to try it. Yeah, they were pretty cool. I'm going with Yanusha's... Mini watermelons. Oh, yeah, yeah, those are cool. Served up in the top of a cooler with ice. That was good. What a cool guy. That was good. Okay. All right. Prediction time? Uh, Let's do a quick fantasy update. Okay, quick fantasy update. Okay, so Team Q this week, (laughs) although you are down two people now. I am. Because Will is gone, Mason is gone. Correct. But you also have won all of the showstoppers, or sorry, all of the star bakers, which is 10 points. And I also episode. won all the handshakes. And you have two <laughs> handshakes this episode. <laughs> so that puts us at Team Q with 90 points and then Team M with 84 points. What's the rundown on the teams again? So you have, well, technically you have left Maxi, Abdul, Don, and Yanush. I like it. I like my team. Will and Mason are gone. Yeah. I have Sandro, James, Rebs, Kevin, Carol, Shabira, who have all like kind of been in the middle. Yeah. But are still hanging around. I think long term play, you you have a good team right now. It's it's hard to say though because if you continuously have top bakers that keep winning and you keep getting those bonus points, like if you keep getting star baker, even if you only have one person and they keep getting star baker, because down the road the technical is only going to be worth like three yeah, points if there's only true. three people. Yeah. But star baker is still worth ten points, so it's going to be interesting. I thought it's, I was going to take the lead yeah. because you were a baker down, but I did not because you got two handshakes. What are the odds <laughs> of that happening? My team of four is doing really great. So this has really raised the stakes for me as I'm watching because I'm like, no, it's five <laughs> points. I'm losing. But it also raises the stakes for me. I'm like, oh, no, I lost another baker. True, true, true. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how the season plays yeah. out. Yeah. So right now, Team Q has been up. Weeks one and two, eight <laughs> point differential. 
There's gonna be one week where it's like one of my bakers doesn't get Star Baker and doesn't win a technical, and I'm just gonna get blown out of the water. <laughs> Let's hope it's week three bread week. <laughs> All right, predictions though. So you had prediction predictioned. <laughs> Is that a word? You had predicted that Abdul was gonna win Star Baker. Not a good prediction. And that James <laughs> was gonna go home. I had predicted Sandro was gonna win Star Baker. I was gonna pick Mason actually to go home. She's the on the bottom of my pre-selection list. But I picked Abdul just because you picked Abdul to win. <laughs> and that's what happened to Will. Yeah. So we are both wrong. Next yeah. week, it's bread week. Who will win Star Baker? Who will go home? So we can't pick Maxi for Star Baker. She won this week. Correct. For Star Baker. You also next cannot week. pick Will or Mason. <laughs> Correct. <Yeah. laughs> for bread week, I think Yanush is going to win bread week. Yanush? Okay. Yeah. For me, Star Baker, Yanush. Who will go home? I don't know. I mean, Carol's kind of down there. Mm-hmm. Rabs has been having a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. But will they make re- redemptions? Will they like come back? Hmm. We haven't really seen a lot from Kevin. It's not a lot of time to spend on that guy. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to be in there for a little bit just because they would give him a little bit more time. <sighs> I'll go with Rabs. Wow, Rebs? Yeah, she's been having trouble, man. Okay. I'm going to... Gosh, I was going to actually say... I was going to say James is going to win. But because you picked Rebs to go home, I'm going to say Rebs is going to win <laughs> Bread Week. <laughs> I'm going to try the reverse this time. Okay. I don't know how long this strategy is going to be. And I'm still okay. sticking with Abdul going home. Okay. Although, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Come on now. Okay. Let's not. <laughs> anyway, that is our show for this week. If you enjoy our podcast and we enjoy making it for you, please leave us a review. We would appreciate it very much. Rate and review, please. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Take care, everyone. 